Hello and welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Once again, I am chatting to a beautiful soul inside and out, Sarah Beth from Sarah Beth Yoga. And she has a following of millions around the globe. She has a world-renowned YouTube channel. She is very well known through her social media. She's been a yoga teacher for over 12 years. And in this podcast, we really go into actionable steps about how you can use yoga in your day-to-day life, how you can navigate the type of yoga or the type of yoga pose, which is going to be helpful for you. So I know you are going to absolutely love this episode. And what I wanted to remind you about is my face yoga workshop bundle. So if you haven't already got this, go to faceyogaexpert.com slash shop and check it out. You'll just need to scroll down to the online programs and you will see it there. And the best thing about it is you get £220 worth of face yoga content for just $49.99. So let me tell you a little bit about this ultimate natural facelift video package which is going to give you your best skin ever. If you're doing these workshops, if you're doing these techniques, it's going to help your skin to look and feel amazing but we're going deeper as well. We're going so much deeper for our wellness. We're going at a soul level. So let me tell you about what is included. You get four two-hour video workshops of facial exercises, facial massage, acupressure, relaxation, and wellness techniques. So each of those four workshops, you've got one, which is face yoga for lifted skin, and there's loads of gorgeous Reiki healing in there. You've got one, which is face yoga for glowing skin, and in that workshop, we really delve into how you can feel like a goddess. So there's that lovely goddess theme throughout. So everything from meditation to breath work, and I read lovely poems to you. It's a whole experience for your mind, body, and soul, as well as your face. Your third workshop you get is face yoga for radiant skin, and we really journey through the chakras. We look at each of the seven key chakras, which face yoga poses you should be doing for those chakras. I guide you through them, and I also help you align and balance each of those chakras, which is going to help everything. It's going to help your mind, your body, your skin, and really is going to help you at a soul level. And the fourth workshop you get as part of this bundle is face yoga for smooth skin, and we journey through the four elements, which is amazing. I love, love, love this one. We do the earth, fire, wind and water element with face yoga, crystal bowl sound bath in there as well. It's gorgeous. So you've also got four mini ebooks, PDF ebooks with summaries of the key takeaways from each video. You get lifetime access to all of the content. And these workshops were originally taught on Zoom, but now you get to experience these recordings in your own time. So you'll get the exact same immersive and transformative experience as when it was live. Plus you'll feel blissfully relaxed at the end of each session with obviously fabulous lifted skin as well. So go to faceyogaexpert.com slash shop and you'll see the face yoga workshop bundle on there. Go grab it. You will not regret it, particularly for only $49.99. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Sarah Beth, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. I'm recovering from the flu still, so you're going to be able to hear that in my voice. Oh no. How long were you ill for? 
a week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. It took me out this time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, what a shame. I think, you know, flu is often a... For me, I know when I've had flu, it's often a chance for the body just to rest and reevaluate. And it sort of forces us, doesn't it, to completely stop. Did you find that with that experience that it was sort of like a a forcing of stopping and and a chance to just slow down? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think now as I'm in the recovery mode, because that was last week, mm-hmm. now I'm in the recovery mode and it's still a forcing of presence yes. and mindfulness because I'm not going zero to 100 yet. Yeah. It does force you. Um, in September, I had COVID first time. I haven't had it before and it wasn't too bad. I wasn't wasn't too ill with it, but I definitely had like four or five days where I didn't feel right. But then it probably took probably six to 10 days to start getting my energy back after the symptoms have gone. And again, it was a real practice in patience. Equally, it was a really nice chance for me to go, okay, my body is tired and there's a reason I should rest because I think probably like you, so busy, always racing around with my kids, with business, with everything in life that often it takes things like that to make us just, just slow, really. Oh, yeah. And there's a lesson in everything. And when Mm -hmm. you can take that lesson in those times, I think you grow stronger in all the ways. Definitely. And we've got so much that we want to talk about today. And we both got such a passion for yoga and for wellness and for holistic health. So there's so much I want to dive into. But I know that my listeners would love to hear a little bit about your yoga story. So I know that yoga is a big part of your life and it has been for a long time. But prior to yoga, let's go back to that. Maybe you could talk us through who Sarah Beth was before the yoga. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you that don't know me, I'm Sarah Beth and I run Sarah Beth Yoga, which is an online platform at this point. Uh, It started off as just a YouTube channel, Sarah Beth Yoga, the YouTube channel where I taught yoga videos in like micro pieces, like 10 minute yoga videos, 20 minute yoga videos. And today now um, we have an audience of 1.6 million on YouTube and we have a an app and a membership where I can really work with people much more closely and create like monthly yoga calendars. So I love what I do and it's a dream where I am today, but it wasn't always that way. I mean, it didn't start off that way. Let's go way back to before uh, I got into yoga and I was just a, a teenager you know, struggling to get by with hormones and moods and emotions and uh, childhood trauma that I had repressed. And I was just trying to move forward with all of this extra, you know, I knew at the time that that yoga was something that can help because everyone gets that kind of passing notion that, oh, yoga can help. Yoga's healing. Yoga feels good. You should try yoga. And so I dabbled with yoga during those years and I did feel good, but it also wasn't something that I was very committed to. It was kind of like an on or off thing. Like if I was into it, sure, I was into it. Other times I wasn't into it. What I was really into uh, during those years was um, I got into modeling when I was 15 and I wanted to continue to pursue modeling. And I was at a very interesting place in my life where I was blossoming as a young woman and I was getting a lot of attention for how I looked prior to me 
hitting puberty, I was kind of an ugly duckling. So it was this really big, like, whoa, moment of people are reacting to how I look. And it's opposite of how they were reacting before (laughs) when I was a little awkward and I'm still awkward, but I bloomed into myself and I pursued modeling. And at the time, looking back, I can see that one of the reasons why I pursued modeling so aggressively when I was younger was because I thought that my physical looks was all I had going for me. I thought that, all right, this is it. This is the, this is the gravy train you got to ride. And unfortunately, part of that messaging that I was uh, regurgitating back to myself was being instilled from a domestic abuse relationship that I was in from the ages of 14 to 18. So um, I was, it was my first real boyfriend and I'm not surprised that I got into that relationship and, and stayed in that relationship as it became a controlling and abusive and possessive because looking further back, I can see from that childhood trauma that I had, I never healed any of that. I never processed any of that. So it makes sense me looking back saying, oh, of course I ended up there and I didn't deal with that properly and I stuck around and I get it. And that messaging that from that relationship too was that I didn't have a lot going on for me. I I believed this person when he said that I was uh, stupid or an idiot or dumb. I truly believed it and I took that. So making the best of it, Uh, I pursued modeling. And then when I was around 18 years old and I left that relationship for good, I started turning the modeling around into more glamour modeling. So glamour modeling is more like, you know, the cover of Maxim magazine, which is what I wanted. I wanted that so bad. I wanted this validation that I was, that I was wanted by all these people and all these, you know, and, and that I was so sexy and, uh, desirable. And I wanted all of that to be like a big F you to that relationship that I was in. Like I wanted to use that as a way to kind of like push that away. And so I spent these early years of my young adulthood trying to pursue uh, more of this glamour modeling side and representing myself so that my dream was actually to be on the cover of Maxim magazine. And I realized, because I was in Minnesota at the time, there's not a lot of glamour modeling in Minnesota. I was doing a lot more commercial modeling. I was modeling for like Target and for the Timberwolves and for Lifetime Fitness and uh, corporations and catalog. And as I was living this lifestyle as a model, which is glamorous and fun in a lot of ways, but also can take a long time to get a paycheck. (laughs) As I was living that lifestyle, I started to see that I was aging out of it just as fast as I was getting into it. And I realized I need to build something that's not based on my looks. I need to build something that isn't competing against me. You know, by by the time I'm 23, I'm basically aging out of modeling. Oh no. You know, I didn't do what I wanted to do with it. And even if I did though, was I going to get what I really truly wanted out of it? And I I was it was so short-sighted at the time with what I was doing. So I quit. And I I quit all the modeling, I quit the glamour. I I was like, "You know what? I'm done. I'm done." I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm done. And I 
lived off of savings and slept in every day and just brainstormed every day. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And that was when I realized, or I told my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time. I said, I got it. I got it. I'm going to be a barista. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, babe, nothing, nothing wrong with your dreams. Like if that's what you want to do, but I think you can dream a little bigger. If money were no issue, what would you want to do? And that's when it flashed in my head, this poster I saw for yoga teacher training And I was dabbling back. I was in that kind of on-off stage with yoga at that time. And I thought about that and I said, well, I did see this poster for yoga teacher training, but who am I to want to teach yoga? I mean, who? like, I don't have a, I don't even know yoga that well. How can I teach it? I don't, I don't meditate. I don't do headstands. I like, I'm definitely not like in a cave in India at any point in my life, although I am half Indian. (laughs) And my husband was like, you know, you won't know until you try. And so I took part of my savings and I went over, I walked up. I was the youngest person in that yoga teacher training and I gave it to them and I tried. And that was the beginning. That was like the very, very beginning of Sarabeth yoga. Because what happened was at the same time I was doing that yoga teacher training, I was reading the book for our work week. Mm-hmm. I remember and that. yeah, right. That was yeah, a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> It was so and, uh, new then, wasn't it? Such a new concept. Yes. And my husband is very entrepreneurial. Um, and I was very not. So it, it was a really nice way for me to see this whole world of business and, um, becoming an entrepreneur. So as I'm reading the four hour work week and I'm in this yoga teacher training, I also, for some reason, wanted to start a YouTube channel. And I already kind of did. And I, I named it Sarah Beth model (laughs) because I wanted to represent myself as a model. Um, and so I already had like a Twitter account for Sarah Beth model and I might as well make a YouTube channel for Sarah Beth model. And so with all of these things happening at once, I decided, you know, with yoga, I'm seeing so much content and so much that I can share with people and so much that I'm learning and resonating with that's not on YouTube. So I like I just saw that gap and I switched Sarabeth model to Sarabeth yoga. I changed everything over to Sarabeth yoga and um started teaching on YouTube. And it took a little while to completely get rid of the modeling industry. I mean, it, it continued to follow me. Lifetime Fitness calls me and I'm like, "Sure." But now I'm thankful that I did all of that because it gave me a skill stack today to be able to model for Sarabeth yoga. Love that. That's just such an inspirational, amazing story. And if you were to describe what yoga means to you now, how would you describe that? Oh, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big one. question. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, because that answer would be so different, like mm-hmm. every year that I live my life. Yeah. But as I've been teaching yoga for, let's see, I got my, my yoga teacher training back in 2010. Mm-hmm. So I've been teaching yoga for 12 years. And the longer that I've been at this and the more that I've been doing it in my own way, the more I'm recognizing that yoga to me is 
peeling back the layers to your true self and living your true life according to your truest values. And all the practices of yoga, whether it's the physical practice, the breathing practice, the meditation, the um, withdrawal, like a sense withdrawal or the observation like journaling, all of those pieces help you get further into your heart, into who you truly are. And I think that's the really deep work that is yoga. It is. I agree completely. And do you have a favorite personal yoga practice or yoga pose or breath that you like doing, which is like your go-to? It's like when things are not good, when you're not feeling good, that is your go-to technique. I truly believe that the best yoga practice or the best technique is the one that gets done. Mm-hmm. And so there's different times in my life where I'm into different things. Like there's times in my life where I'm really into uh, float tanks. Float tanks are um, sensory deprivation tanks where you lay on um, like a pod of water that's filled with a ton of salt. So you actually float and all everything is the same temperature. So once you settle in, you can meditate for an hour with like the deepest meditation there's times where I'm really into that and I'm really doing that. And I get into that all or nothing mindset almost of like, I'm going to do this all the time, but then I eventually don't do it. And I end up doing something else. And I get into uh, breathing practices like 3d breath has been something that's really been great for me this last year, learning how to breathe using my entire torso, breathing into my ribs and my diaphragm and feeling my belly and my diaphragm and my ribs and my chest and everything inflate like a balloon at once and then deflate like a balloon at once. Lately, my practice has extended into my morning routine where I lay in a sauna blanket for about 20 to 30 minutes in the morning. And I wake up early to do this, which is unheard of. Like <laughs> I I wouldn't wake up early for any reason unless I need, I, I love sleep. I love being comfortable. Mm-hmm. But the idea of waking up to get into a hot sleeping bag is like, oh, I can do that. That's nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'll lay there for 20 or 30 minutes and I'll do that 3D breath I just mentioned. Maybe if it's just for the first 10 minutes, sometimes I'll listen to a guided meditation. And when I'm out of that 20 to 30 minutes, I go and take a 90 second cold shower, easy peasy, nice and quick. It's not easy peasy the first time you do it, but it it gets easier every day. And it makes the biggest difference in my mood and my energy levels and my clarity and my focus. And to me, that's a practice, a mindfulness practice that may not look like yoga, but is an extension of my yoga practice. And it has the biggest effect on my day. That's amazing. And what time do you get up to do that? Six o'clock. So not too bad. That's not Not too too bad. bad. And about half an hour you're doing all that? Yeah. So, well, it's, I get up at six. It takes about uh, five or 10 minutes for the sauna blanket to warm up. Mm -hmm. So I go and I brush my teeth and I get into the clothes that you wear for a sauna blanket. You want to cover yourself from like your neck to your toes in Mm -hmm. cotton uh, so that you're not actually touching the blanket with your skin. And by the time I do that, it's warmed up. I get inside, I get my headphones on and I get myself nice and cozy you know, 20 to 30 minutes later, I get out, I have a timer on my watch. So if I do fall asleep, that's totally fine. And then, you know, turn on the shower. That'll take, it's, it is a 90 second shower, but it takes me, you know, maybe five minutes to like turn on the shower, get ready, get out of the shower, dry off. Uh, I'm downstairs helping my boys with breakfast by 6 45 and Great. getting them out the door by 7 15. And 
And it's just a totally different way to start my day than if I don't do it. Like lately with my recovery, I haven't been doing this. I've been taking the sleep instead. You know, then I'm waking up at 645 and things just feel more smashed together. And it takes me longer to get that clarity and focus throughout my day. That's so interesting because I often think it's when we don't do something that we see the most benefits because we actually understand why we're doing it. Because often we're doing something so regularly and we think, is this really making a difference? Then we stop for a week and we go, wow, it does make a difference because we suddenly, like you say, start to feel way more rushed in the morning or we feel more stressed through the day or our reactions might be the same. So sometimes I think those pauses, even if they are forced on us, through an illness like having the flu can be really quite special. And what I would love to ask you is as we're now going into the holiday season, as people listen to this, a lot of people are going to be already in the holiday season. How would you recommend that we navigate that time with or without yoga? I mean, you can give us some yoga tips or you may want to give tips, which are just part of the, the sort of greater philosophy of yoga and looking after ourselves. Yeah, I think distill what's working for you down into a BAM practice. So a BAM is bare ass minimum. So what's working for you, maybe go and take some time to journal that out. Journaling is a huge part of my practice as well. Uh, I have a morning journaling session in my thinking chair and it's a thinking journal and I, I journal into there and an evening journaling practice where I just journal what happened throughout the day. When you're journaling, you can recognize the patterns, what's working for you, what's not working for you, uh, what you're questioning. And you may start to find what is actually working for you and how can you distill that down into the BAM, the bare ass minimum, so that on those days where you feel like you don't have the time and you have to do all these things and you have to sacrifice your morning routine, you have to sacrifice this, that you don't sacrifice those five minutes. You know, and for me, my BAM practice, uh, if I don't, if I don't have time for that sauna blanket or like, you know, lately I'm not sacrificing my sleep for the sauna blanket. Uh, what else can I do for that BAM practice? And to me, it is, uh, the journaling practice. If I can journal, at least I'm still keeping track and, uh, paying attention to my moods and noticing what's happening, what's shifting, how I can shift it back. I love that. I love that. And what I'd really like to do, almost like quick fire questions, I guess, but I'd like to go through a few different sort of emotions or ways to feel. And I'd love you to recommend your favorite yoga pose or yoga practice for each of these feelings. Now, it could be something you do yourself or what you would recommend to someone that comes along and wants to do one of your sessions or classes. So a little bit different to what I usually do on the podcast, but I always get guided by intuition with what I do. And I really feel that this is going to be so helpful for our listeners, particularly as we go into 2023. So if you were to say your favorite yoga pose or practice to boost your mood, what would that be? Ooh, to boost my mood. Mm-hmm. It would likely be power yoga. Great. Um, and and, it, and when I say power yoga, I'm not saying it has to be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, people associate power yoga is that really physical, almost workout style of yoga. You're going to experience it at a lot of like hot yoga studios, core power yoga studios. And it's really hard when you go to these studios, but it doesn't have to be. 
power yoga and just doing a simple power yoga sequence where you're hitting those poses like chair pose, your warrior poses, your lunges, uh, doing some of that core engagement. It's going to help to increase your energy, improve your confidence, improve your posture and boost your mood. And by putting yourself through the moments where you need the most strength, you're also harnessing that strength. You're showing yourself that you had that strength all along. I love that. And how about stress relief? Stress relief would be grounding. And, and that could be as simple as a child's pose. As it could be as simple as Shavasana. Go and, and really lay down mindfully, not just like, oh yeah, I do Shavasana every night when I go to bed. Lay down mindfully, taking up that space and thinking about your body, feeling your body and all the areas that it's touching the surface beneath you, grounding down and feeling the weight of your body, your breath calming and slowing. And just by focusing on those things, you're also training your mind to be more mindful instead of ping-ponging all throughout the place and wherever it wants to go. And as you practice that mindfulness, it becomes a practice of re-mindfulness because if you're feeling stressed, you may notice you're laying there and then all of a sudden your brain goes, you know what we could be doing right now? We could be planning what we're going to do tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> and tomorrow we're going to wake up and we're going to do laundry. And then we're going to, and you, as, as you catch that happen, you say, hold on, that's a thought. Come back to my breath or come back to my sensation. Use those things as anchors to keep you grounded in the present moment. The more that you can practice that, the more that that kind of infuses into your life off your mat and outside of your practice. That's so great. I love that. And how about for glowing skin? Glowing skin. Mm. Mm. I feel like um, I would go for vinyasa, that that movement, that flow. You want to get your blood flowing. And then even better if you have forward folds in your practice and you can get in, you know, and it doesn't have to be inversions like handstands because I don't have handstands in my practice right now, but it can be as simple as a sun salutation A, where you're reaching up into your mountain pose and then you're exhaling down into a forward fold and that blood flow is going to help to get everything moving in your body. Yeah, amazing. And how about balancing hormones? Ooh, I would I would have to refer to, I have um, a couple of friends that work on on healing hormones and this is definitely outside of my area of expertise so i would i would refer to the people who use it as their area of expertise i am working on a hormone moon cycle yoga calendar so that we can create a yoga sequence, a 28-day yoga sequence that's in line with your moon cycle so that during the different phases of uh, your menstrual cycle, you can be doing the proper yoga that's going to meet your energy levels and help to bring out the best of you in those different stages. That's so cool. I think that's going to be so popular when you do that, because I think the more that we live with our cycle, the better we feel, the better our our wellness is. And how about boosting your energy? If you were going to recommend a type of yoga or a yoga pose just to give you that big energy boost, what would that be? So that's a tough one. I feel like it's really dependent on why 
you are feeling that lack of energy in the first place because you can turn to power yoga to boost your energy. If you need to use the energy within you and get it to wake up and harness it, then yes, go to power yoga. But if you are feeling a lack of energy because you've already depleted yourself, then I would say go into that more yin restorative yoga so that you can actually take the rest that your body is asking for. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's do two more. Let's do a little bit more physical ailments. Let's do tight hips. Tight hips. That I would go into hatha yoga, uh, just stretching, but not the really, really long, deep stretching. It might feel good to sit in uh, these poses for three or four minutes with like what you would get in a yin or restorative video. But if you really want to release tight hips, for the long term, you need to work through them in a way that you're training your body to trust you, not just sitting there for three minutes. But there's a reason why we're only in the pose for three to five breaths before we move on to the next pose for three to five breaths. So I infuse a lot of mobility into my Hatha yoga videos, the blue thumbnail videos. If, in case you didn't know, my videos all have different color thumbnails okay, cool. uh, associated with the different styles. So pink is power yoga. Uh, teal is vinyasa yoga, the flowing yoga. Blue is hatha yoga, the mobility yoga, which is what I'd recommend for hip opening. And purple is the yin restorative yoga, the really long holding, grounding, restful yoga. I love all those types of yoga. I find at this time of year, particularly as it's colder and darker in the winter months, I really step into the yin yoga and I don't do that so much more in the summer. I much prefer something that's much more movement and upbeat. Um, I was trained in Hatha yoga, so I'm always a big fan of Hatha yoga. But like you, I love to draw on different types of yoga because I think all of them have got such strength and power within them and we can really use them on different days you know and different stages of our life so I love that let's do one more let's do tight shoulder area tight shoulders I would go back to the hatha yoga the mobility focused yoga where you can get into it long enough to feel that release but not so long that your body wants to defensively tense against you I think with tight shoulders, there's a lot going on there that needs to be addressed. And it's not just this, you know, band-aid type stretching after the fact when you have tight shoulders. It's also observation of what happened. Why do you have tight shoulders today? What's going on in your life that you might be having more tight shoulders recently than before? An example is, as I recover from this flu, I'm noticing more neck and shoulder tension lately. And that could be for multiple reasons. Maybe I'm pushing myself too fast. Maybe all of the coughing is uh, straining the muscles in my neck and I need to take time to actually focus on that. And then even it could even go further back into, is your nervous system stuck in fight or flight? Has your nervous system been stuck in fight or flight most of your life? Back to that uh, childhood trauma healing work that I've been doing, I'd recognize that I'd been living in that fight or flight state since I was a child. And my trauma work was learning not only that childhood trauma, but how to reparent my inner child. And as I've been doing that, I've been shifting my nervous system towards rest and digest and i'm experiencing less and less of this tensing here in my neck and shoulders because as i'm in fight or flight mode what do you think my body is doing yeah it's ready to fight you know that's where at least 
my yogi self tends to go. You know, it's like, let's gear up, let's fight. And those traps just get really big and inflamed. And so I'm learning how to calm all that down. So really, if you're experiencing that that tension and it's something that is bothering you more than just like randomly or because of a strain, go further back and into that self-observation, into that inner work. I love that. That's just so lovely. And I think that the thing that I would like to leave our listeners with is your top tip for inner peace. Now, this can be a type of yoga or a yoga pose, or it can be nothing related to yoga, if you like. But what would you like to share with everyone for your top tip for inner peace, particularly going into 2023? My top tip for inner peace is that five minutes a day is better for you than one hour once a week. And it doesn't matter what we're talking about. It could be yoga. It could be breath work. It could be meditation. It could be journaling. But by infusing a little bit of your practice, your mindfulness practice into every single day, because days come and go and they, they have ebbs and flows and some days are good and some days are not good and some days are bad and some days are awful. But if you can continue with that that smooth line of, but I always go back to me for even five minutes, you're going to experience so much more peace and grounding throughout those ebbs and flows of what might be happening every single day. Yes, exactly. So true. Sarah Beth, would you be able to share with everyone where we can learn more about you, your website, your social media, and your YouTube channel? Yeah. So you can find me Sarah Beth Yoga on all of those places. It's S-A-R-A-H-B-E-T-H Yoga, Y-O-G-A. And my YouTube channel has hundreds of free yoga videos that you can do. I, I mentioned that I have the power, the vinyasa, the hatha, the restorative. So you can find a practice that serves you best depending on what you need each day. And then my Sarabeth Yoga app and the membership within the app is where you can go if you want curated yoga videos, like 30-day yoga calendars to help you achieve specific goals. We have a 30-day energy calendar coming out on January 1st, and we have the moon calendar coming out in February. I have a trauma healing program and calendar and whole collection of videos that I'm finishing up right now that's coming out in the spring. And you can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Thank you so much, Sarah Beth. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.